you're not comfortable with jizz, but you're comfortable <laughs> with saying circumjaculated the globe. Yeah, yes, that's yeah. hilarious. Yes. Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dyson, and I'm joined this week by fellow Baffle Gabbers, Daniel Cardoso. Hello. And Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. We write for CinemaSins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. Brand new pairing, uh, this three. Um, yes. I, listen, I was, I almost just for the fact that Ian, Jonathan, and I, uh, our birthday is the day this releases. This episode releases why, on... Why, why you got to give away my thing at the end? I don't... <laughs> Because, because I was like, oh, that'd be fun to have the birthday boys on for the, you know, like the May 26th yeah. episode. And then I was like, Daniel wrote on every I single know. thing this week. We must pick the brain of this genius who is able to do all this. Uh, so, yeah. So we've got Daniel on. Uh, Jonathan, you wrote in some of the stuff this week as well. So we yeah. wanted to hear from you. Uh, it's going to be a fun week. With the script load that Ian has, I, I'm pretty. He's probably okay not being on today. Is my guess. <laughs> yes, yes. Not well, that we all don't have it too. But he's obviously not doing any work right now because not a <laughs> he doesn't have a single writing credit this week. So you know, obviously he's just he's just sitting around doing nothing. Man, do you guys? I mean, it's impossible to remember what's coming, what's going to be released each week, right? Because I mean, oh, it yeah. used to be. We I have used to look to, it up. We used to be so tight to the schedule, like we were editing videos, like seven days before they released but now some <laughs> of them are like let's a month and a half we were editing videos two days before they released <laughs> oh, that's true a that's few true. years ago yeah it was it was cutting it close sometimes but yeah <laughs> yeah uh no it's absolutely you're absolutely right i have a hard time knowing you know which video is which week and when it got written on and there's several channels and you know, I think I wrote a commercial sins and when is that going on? You know, like all that stuff is just, it's, I have to look. That's why we make charts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we can get into it. Let's do this inside scoop. What's he building in there? Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. We're going to take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the stuff we are sending in general. Uh, the commercial sins for this week was Little Caesars Stuffed in a Room. Uh, this is the stuffed crust uh, Little Caesars commercial. Uh, Jonathan, what was it like to uh, send this? This was one that um, Jeremy, I think, on Slack or something was like, hey, I'm getting a lot of people hitting me up about this Little Caesars commercial saying they might be um, either poking fun at us or well, I guess that's what we think. But I, And I still don't know that I think that's what it is and i don't know that he does either but it is interesting because they all of a sudden they have the they have the words pop up at the bottom that are like you know don't take us seriously like we're not all really stuffed in a room or whatever and uh you know this is a made-up universe so uh so we thought that would be fun to tackle so i kind of moved that to the top of the list we had a few more we were working on but i figured that was one we could get out i think this was just a couple weeks ago so this was a really quick turnaround maybe the panera bread one was it's it's probably on the same kind of uh, turnaround mm -hmm. status as that one was, but um, a Panera chicken sandwich, not Panera bread. But um, yeah, no, it was fun. Um, I have no idea if they really were poking fun at us or even have any idea who we are, but uh, it was kind of fun taking it from that angle and just being like, I appreciate you trying to be commercial sins proof, but 
you know, and then just, you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of letting them have it in our own way. Also that seemed, that whole setup seemed horrifying to me. Like I can't imagine being in a room with that many people with nothing going on, but mm-hmm. then you add like little Caesar's pizza smells and stuff like that into the mix. And I'm just like, Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of frightening. I, it was kind of a horror, kind of a horror commercial, in my opinion. But. I'm thankful in situations like that that I'm tall, because <laughs> oh, because, yeah. because when you're tall, like you're not in people's armpits, you're you know yeah. you can, you have a sight line, you know you're above kind of so like claustrophobia isn't necessarily an issue once you get to a certain height. It's like the haunted mansion elevator if you've ever done that. Yes, like add little Caesar's pizza. <laughs> into the haunted mansion elevator don't don't give disney any ideas don't give them any ideas uh daniel some thoughts i thought it was great um i don't i don't remember little caesar's pizza uh oh, wow a, like i remember like i remember i remember it as a thing <laughs> you know I've it exists never, you don't have I them have like where it. you are like uh they are around but like where I'm at, there are so many pizza places. Like we have reached like a critical mass, where to the point where I'm not even sure how like the population is supporting this many pizza places. <laughs> and there's so many like mom and pop, uh, like like independent uh, mm-hmm. places that are really really good. That um like it's just like I don't really know anyone that has like had Little Caesars pizza and like told me about it. Like that's wild. But, Interesting. Yeah, they're pretty. I mean, I don't know if they're big here, but like, you know, it's like a fast food scenario, right? It's like, it's a $5 pizza. So it's just, you know. Yeah. That's its thing, man. If you want to spend, you know, five bucks on a pizza. And you just go pick it up. Like it's already ready. Like you don't have to wait for it half the time. Yeah. And in terms of chains, I think like Domino's is much bigger around, around me. That makes sense. But uh, I really enjoyed uh, a few of the sins here. Yeah, why why do you ask so many questions about a fake commercial universe? Yeah, it's interesting. I we yeah, we probably should talk about it uh and each kind of give our our thoughts. Um I don't it's hard for me to believe they're referencing directly referencing yeah, us. I too. think they're just playing yeah. into nitpick culture, which is, you know, mm-hmm. obviously a thing now. Um so yeah, it's it's interesting. What do you think, Daniel? Like I mean, if the if the the writing wasn't on the bottom of the screen like where it was. Mhm. Uh, I would say it's random, but I, I feel like it's a, it's at least it's aware of the format. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like that's sort of it. It doesn't feel like it's not aware of the format that we're using. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know if it got it from us or got it from somebody that's doing something like us or but it's it's definitely aware of the format. Yeah. And I just love the reference to the Constitution whenever you can bring that up in relation <laughs> to uh, pizza is <laughs> <laughs> and the side note that I've never read the Constitution. <laughs> so good. That's a, I really enjoy making like a declarative statement like that and then making a comment that the narrator has zero clue what they're talking about. That's kind of mm-hmm. become a thing I enjoy doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, I love the idea that our founding fathers uh, really went into such detail <laughs> in the Constitution that they covered all of these things. Uh, it's a beautiful idea. Um, my little Caesars experience is vast. I am the exact opposite end of Daniel. Uh, all four of my children work at little Caesars. Two of my children have run little Caesars stores, like been the general manager at little Caesars. Oh, wow. 
so uh, if you're thinking, how do you have children old enough to general manage a store? Well, that says a little bit about Little Caesars and their workforce more than it says about the age of my children. <laughs> but my kids are awesome. I don't mean to say that they shouldn't be managing, uh, just that they are young uh, to be managing a store. Um, but anyhow, uh, so I've had lots and lots of Little Caesars pizza. Uh, even before my kids worked there, pizza night was Friday night, and we would either do Domino's or Little Caesars. And often Little Caesars, just because when you're trying to you know, pinch pennies, like especially, Little Caesars can come in really handy. And it's fine. It's fine pizza. Like It's hard to mess up pizza um, in some ways, um, So, but it's not great. But as far as stuffed crust goes, oh, man. That's the thing. I remember when Pizza Hut introduced stuffed crust, like back when I was a kid, and it was like, this may be the greatest invention ever. You put mozzarella cheese in the crust of the pizza. You are geniuses. You should have statues. They should write poems about you that will go in tomes for the history of mankind. Put the stuffed crust in in every single pizza. I love it so much. It's my favorite thing. Hmm. Uh, Jonathan agrees wholeheartedly. I can no, tell no, by no. that. I, I, was just think, I was thinking, I don't mind it, but I'm more like a New York style pizza person anyways. Like if I can have that and that would obviously never have like a stuffed crust. I don't Correct. think. Yeah. 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 It's a thinner type. So, uh, so yeah, no, but I mean, I like it. I, my wife is a cheese nut, so she loves Yeah. Adding more cheese to something is always a positive for her. So <laughs> I've right. had plenty of it, especially the Pizza Hut. I will say Little Caesars, if I remember correctly, it's been around forever, but they kind of like almost died off there for a second. I think mm-hmm. once they introduced the drive through um, angle to their establishments and the pizzas were already hot and ready and it was all mm-hmm. hot. I mean, I think that's when they really kind of got their, their next wave because all of a sudden we had like five stores you know, mm-hmm. in, in my area that I'm yeah. at. So yeah. When I was growing up, little Caesars was a sit down restaurant. You went to, you went to yeah. like, you went to little Caesars and pick up. Yeah. You could order and pick up, but for the most part, you'd go get a table and eat some little Caesars. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's really wild to think how the pizza business has changed to, you know, really adapt to what it's great at, which is immediate food. Like pizza, you can make, you know, pizza ovens cook that thing so fast and it's just ready, you know? Um, so yeah, it's it's been interesting to watch that change. But it also asks the question, like, why are we like buying so much of it? Because it's so, it is so easy. It's like, why aren't we just making more pizza at home? <laughs> it's it's true. It's true. It's a fair point. I've just broken their business model, and we're just going to see the <laughs> stocks just plummet on Little Caesars. And- if you if you ever want to break capitalism, just depend on the hardworking people and not the ease of use. Yeah, ease never means anything for people. Uh, I think this uh, this was a great uh, Sins video. I just love the line, we're all aware, Diane, uh, after the sin about being enamored with the stuffed crust. I just thought that was uh, really, really funny. And we talked about the other stuff uh, that I had written down. But fun stuff. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, let's move into TV Sins. Uh, Stranger Things this week. Uh, we are doing a Stranger Things run in anticipation of the new season coming up uh dropping i think in a week a week from when we record this um so in less than a week from when this uh this episode drops we will see some new stranger things so we are going through the first season and sending the entire first season uh the two episodes that we talked about this last week were six and seven i believe uh the monster and the bathtub um, you both wrote on both of these. These were both Cardoso Watkins scripts. Uh, so I guess we will separate and we'll talk about the monster first because, you know, I want to talk about 
specific sins and that kind of stuff we can, but just general thoughts about kind of sending, you know, this kind of run up to the end of the first season of Stranger Things. How that, how's that been uh, for you guys? Daniel, how did you feel about these two? Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed both these episodes. Uh, I've been enjoying the series a, a lot uh, as, as a rewatch, uh, which uh, surprised me just because I'd, I'd seen it so long ago. And But like, it really holds up as terms, in terms of rewatchability. I don't know if that has something to do with all the nostalgia and like the sort of the what it's uh, like the, the content that it's playing off of. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like I, I find all that stuff to be rewatchable too. So it might just be because of like my, uh, my experience like with eighties films and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's started like the show at this point, like is, has done all the setups and like now that you're starting to get a lot of like the payoffs, like there's a lot more things being uncovered. And I think that goes from this episode, even into the next episode, mm-hmm. which was really enjoyable. And the characters are like, are, are evolving and big be- and like, like their their arcs are sort of like becoming more clear, which is also like really a uh, cool thing to see in this in this episode, especially with like uh, Nancy and Jonathan like teaming up and like what they're kind of going through. Yeah, uh, Jonathan, what about you on Stranger Things: The Monster? Yeah, no, this was good. I've I've been enjoying the rewatch too. I think um, this is, I guess, my I think this might be like my third time through the first season because I rewatched it at one point with my daughter. So I think this is my third time through the first season. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still think it's the best season. Um, I think I've, I think I'm up to date. I think I've seen all of season three, but it's been so long. It, feel, or yeah. it feels like it's been so long, uh, especially seeing those pictures of season four. And I can't figure out if they're still supposed to be like in high school. Cause they look so old. <laughs> they're like 30. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know, but I don't know. I don't know what all it's like. Yeah. Like it seriously, like I think it's well that it looks like they just put a bowl cut on a 30 year old. Like that's what it looks like. <laughs> But um, I still like the Matthew Modine hair thing. Like, I don't know how we we talked about this last week. Like, I wish we had a shirt. I don't know if we could actually have a shirt, though, because we'd be, you know, referencing a show mm-hmm. and a, an actual person. I don't know what the licensing and headache of that would be. But right. God, if we had a Matthew Modine's hair is still a sin shirt, I think that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved how Daniel took it in different directions uh, with both of these. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of that was awesome because I think I had a pretty standard one and then. And then Daniel came in, um, all that. And the Daniel sinning that they were taking the creative license away from the narrator's perspective, I thought was also mm-hmm. uh, very funny for for this episode. Are we talking about them separately? I think that's what you yeah, said. Yeah, we'll talk about them separately. Okay. Um, so you know, just kind of uh, general thoughts on the show uh, as it kind of continues to uh, come to the end of season one as far as what we're sinning. I, I, I think season one of Stranger Things is really, really good. I haven't liked the other seasons quite as much. And I don't know if I just, if kind of like season one was like my fill or if I'm kind of falling into the kids are aging out of what I liked about it. Like, you know, and I hate that that might be the case, but I'm human, you know, mm-hmm. so there, there is that element uh, where it's just like, you know, Dustin is so great in that first season, oh, and he yeah. continues to be great. I, the The actor is is wonderful, but there is just something about that age and the way his voice squeaks on some of the lines. It's just so amazing. I love it. Oh, it's uh, great. And I also uh, he's a great character though, because I was to mm-hmm. say the one thing about season two that I like, I like when they started pairing off people differently, and that yeah. Dustin Steve stuff is amazing. Yeah, yeah that's true. Like, that's fair. Yeah. They play off each other so well. But yeah, I I think this is the season we get the most with just the kids together, Mm -hmm. uh, minus Will. And uh, and they just all play off each other so well. Yeah. Uh, It's it's fascinating. 
the uh, specific sins that I wanted to mention from you guys. Uh, who whoever wrote the stuff about pancakes, I I just I could feel it inside of you. <laughs> like, why are we messing with perfect foods? Uh, we both just to comment like we both wrote so much about pancakes we did that's true we did <laughs> some of your stuff might be in there too actually i might have combined them i can't remember but it was yeah. so good uh, I, I hate putting stuff in pancakes i hate it it came passion. up once or twice i'm kind of with you it's such a they're so tasty they're meant to be tasty like um but like toppings are fine, you know. It's just a different, you well, know, like flavored syrups or those kind of things. Yeah. It's fine with me. And but. Daniel definitely wrote the one though, where he was like, "None of these represent what actually blueberry pancakes are." <laughs> yes, it's so which was true. also true. Yeah, I will say the one topping I do like in my pancake batter is bananas. Banana pancakes yeah. are are if really good. If I was going to do anything. It would be uh, I do enjoy those. Um, then I I did want to mention the specific haircuts in the uh, when when he's saying that he's got big news and we're just like oh he's getting a haircut oh he's getting a haircut <laughs> and then he's not getting a haircut uh, just loved that so much. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next Stranger Things, the bathtub. Um, this is the one where Eleven goes to the dark void. Uh, and I don't know if Scarlett Johansson's there already, or um, if that's uh, you know maybe a different place. But um, but anyhow, she's uh, she does that by uh, laying in a bathtub in the middle of their their uh, gymnasium. Uh, some thoughts on this one, Jonathan. We'll start with you on this one. I don't, I don't remember when you said that thing about the bathtub. Though when she comes out, she's like, "I can find them in the bath." And then I don't remember the, exactly <laughs> what Daniel wrote, but it was like it was talking about just like how, how could you be possibly like that, just generic with your uh -huh. answer, and everybody right. understands immediately. Yeah, it was just like, "Oh, I get what that means." <laughs> like, like okay, that's a weird thing to say. Let's get back to the conversation at hand. That's mm -hmm. what most people would do. Yeah. Um. <laughs> No, but I had a lot of fun. I think the one, this was also, this was just another one followed up with the monster. I think the one thing I wanted to talk about specifically, though, was the swamp thing, uh, uh -huh. which when I wrote that sin, it was pretty simply just like, uh, I think it just was called, have you ever wondered what it would be like if swamp thing jizzed on everything right, or whatever? Right. Yeah. And I just remember Daniel's comment was like, Oh God, or something like that. <laughs> and then Aaron did not really enjoy saying the word jizz. It's not one so of my favorite words. No, I don't and know that's why. fine. I just don't like saying it. Because what you came up with was so much more disturbing <laughs> and so much more fun. But and then I mean and you you even added the thing at the end. Like you completely rewrote it. You added the thing uh -huh. at the end too, where it's like, and don't ever talk to me again, which I thought was <laughs> <laughs> absolutely amazing but no you're right that is a weird word i just couldn't like like sperm or semen like none of that made sense i think that's what i came up with but then you just took that and then you made it something um something even better so uh-huh so aaron is more comfortable with you're not comfortable with jizz but you're comfortable <laughs> with saying circumjaculated the globe yeah. yes that's yeah. hilarious yes it also plays off of the word ejaculate which is like yeah. an actual word like it's not you know some kind of made up but uh I I think that's better. I think that's better than just saying, than just being kind of crude. I mean, just does sound a little more crude, I guess. And, yeah. uh, but it's kind of like, and I brought this up to Aaron when I read that. I was like, you know, there's this old, there's this great Patton Oswalt bit about that where the, when they edit stuff for television and they change the word to something that, and I can't remember what he says. He's like, he says like they changed something to like, it was like, maybe it was like sperm or, or semen or jizz or something. Mm -hmm. They change it to like the purple Yoohoo juice or something like that. You know, it's just something crazy. <laughs> And he's like, that sounds so much worse than just saying the actual word. And I, I but but it but it also makes it funnier. I think. 
spilled his brogurt Sunday. I yes. mean, come on. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, yeah, uh, that's that's what I like. I like you know, kind of you know, doing the the fun plays on words as opposed to just like saying a crude word or whatever. But yeah, I also just like how crazy we've got we've gotten with those. Uh, like behind the scenes people having conversations like those just get <laughs> those get weirder and weirder the more we go uh who would have thought in both stranger things this week and uh I think west side story would both have <laughs> sperm jokes in them <laughs> yeah i mean so, you got to have you it. can't have west side story without sperm i nope, guess true. it's fair point it's fair yeah. point uh those Daniel. kids have to be born somehow uh daniel explaining that jonathan because i was really confused there for a second I was like you can't have west side story okay listen it's just a rule it's just a rule <laughs> shakespeare you don't don't ask questions about these things i, th- I think honestly my feeling like I, I i may have just already commented on the second on the uh, the bathtub episode just like in the previous episode just because in my mind they're like the same thing but uh i Again, I loved all the payoffs where the uh, where everyone like comes together and like you like you see basically the result of like Hopper, like all his like investigations and everything he's going through. And like everyone's like, oh, right. No one is crazy. Like this shit is really happening. And like we need to deal with it. Like Mm -hmm. it's a it's like a it's a what do you call it? What's like what's his name from the A team Hannibal? So he says, "Yeah, I love it when a plan comes together." And like mm-hmm. it's just like you, you like you. There's just something really enjoyable about that, like team up, like everyone you know working together to get their friend and their son. Uh-huh. I like Hopper in this season too a lot more than I like him in the other seasons. I, I I think they turned him into more of like a like an A team type character, which I don't think that's why he's interested in the first season. Uh, I just like that he's kind of like George Clooney and From Dust Till Dawn, where he's like, you know. I don't believe in this shit, but I all but I do believe in what I see, and like mm-hmm. this is how we're gonna have to deal with it. Like I just like that kind of like he's not even may not even be very good at his job. Like I mean, we get introduced by him not even want to answer in calls. Mm-hmm. He just wants to eat donuts, you know, and stuff like that. So I don't know. I just that just made me think of that. Yeah, no, those like those kind of uh, like heroes are. are... Uh, for me, like right now, like way more compelling than like mm-hmm. people that like have their shit together. Like it's just there's there's something about the realness of the person doing like these sort of surreal and like impossible things that that makes it feel good as a viewer. Yeah. See, um, I wanted to point out one of the sins that about uh, Mike Mike's father and like they're like looking out the window and and he says something and they have just like talking to Matthew just talked to Matthew Modine. He said, Karen's like, we should be out there looking for him. He's like, honey, we have to trust them, okay? And, <laughs> and the sin is Stranger Things does a pretty good job of having all the 80s goodness mixed in with some really interesting character work. So why did Ted Wheeler have to be a walking, believes the government is always there to help mm-hmm. you, idiot father cliche? That just distilled like my feelings about him as a character in like the, the, perfect, the perfect way. It's mm-hmm. like... <laughs> Beyond that, he's just like not really contributing anything to no. the season. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. He should right. have just had him at work the whole season. He should have just been at work. <laughs> just go to work, man. Go to work. And I do feel, I do feel like it that he may represent that he probably represents like, mm-hmm. uh, like a, a a person from that from that time period. Like I'm, I'm sure that that is like that it makes sense, but it's still like it still makes him uninteresting as a character. So I feel pretty good with the sinning of it. 
When I will, see, I have seen some other some people, which have to be younger people, complain that like the parents don't ever know where the kids are and stuff. But like, if you lived through the '80s, that was just the way it was. Like, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I mean, I know I was, I was allowed to do a like roam around and do whatever, and like, there's no way I would let my daughter do that now. You know, it's just, it's so weird how things have changed uh, as far too as too much like, CSI. Yeah, too much CSI. That's right, Law yeah. and Order and CSI ruined everything. You heard it here. But wasn't like like missing children a big thing? Like they were it putting did, kids yeah. on milk cartons and things during that time period. Yeah. And so like, like if you went to like like whenever we went to like shopping malls or stuff like that, I had to stay with my mom. But like in our neighborhood, like I could I would leave the house at like nine in the morning and I would just come back at like nine o'clock at night. You know, she might not see me all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. What I'm like what I was thinking is that like sort of that that aspect of that time period like affected like oh yes I, I you're absolutely correct where, like yeah. people affected us started we keeping their parents. children they're yeah. keeping their children closer because of that and then yeah. stuff but like csi i mean we were joking about that in the or not joking about it we were talking about that in the pre-show but like seriously but like stuff like like nancy grace i really think stuff like that has really said a mind gave again everybody a mindset that's different mm-hmm. uh there's it's just a lot of stuff yeah we yeah. see news a lot more than we did then because we've got 24-hour news channels we didn't have those you know Yep. Until the until probably the Gulf War, I guess, was kind of when that started. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Um, another great script from you guys. Really loved this. Uh, I think the I wanted to hear you, Daniel, talk about the uh, yes, this is suddenly a Spider-Man sin with the uh, the pointing, uh, just how you came up with that. And I just thought it was so great. That was so weird that I, I almost don't even really have a great explanation for it. I think it was just like I had written the word pointing so many times mm-hmm. and like <laughs> I and it just like the Spider-Man because of like No Way Home and like everything mm-hmm. has been in in like just in the back of my mind. So it's like it just it felt like that after a while when I was just like, oh, we're we're pointing out something that he's pointing out that and then i was just mm-hmm. like it just that meme came into my mind and i was like let's i wanted to see if like if it would work by just like uh, assigning the the characters mm-hmm. like the, the labels and like i think it it mostly does work um like i feel like <laughs> i was trying to work out the eternal logic of of like everyone mm-hmm. pointing at everyone i think that one of them doesn't work and i'm not going to admit <laughs> Uh, hear which one it is but like i think there that we needed to actually have one more reference to someone pointing at someone for it to be complete but so sometimes man sometimes the pancakes just don't get cooked all the way through but they're still delicious they're still delicious (laughs) uh so i really loved that i also wanted to mention and I'll, i'll finish with this on the stranger things we do an Ernest and hansel duffer in this episode because we had gone back and uh, looked mm-hmm. at the names of the Duffer brothers and we're like, oh, we missed E and H. Forgetting that at the very beginning of the second episode, we actually did E and H because we realized we missed it in the first one. Oh. And so there are now two E and H's, if you've been following the alphabetized Duffer brother names. Uh, which just like you're talking, Daniel, with like, I don't think it quite works. Like, then it, there's this thing in my brain that's like, oh, now there's an extra E and an H in our duffer names. And anyways, so oh, in no. case you, it, listen, all of that is, uh, I think, on me because I'm the one that forgot the E and the H in the first place, uh, and then added it in the the second one, and then forgot that I added it in the second one. So it's you know, 
It's all my I fault. Because I can't even but... remember if when we did the second episode, we still hadn't done like a season long thing. Oh, no. So, no, no, so, no, no, no. Yeah. So we weren't even thinking about that. But then when... Yeah, because Jeremy narrates those first those first two yeah. Stranger Things episodes. And I, yeah. think, I, think, I think Daniel and I did the third episode too, I think. I could be wrong. Was that us? That sounds right. Yeah, I think so. I, I definitely I think so. Did it. But... Um, and then and that's when I went back and I watched the first two and there was a couple of like like the Matthew Modine thing mm-hmm. and then the names and I was like oh that you know we were all just kind of like that would be cool if we kept that you know so then when we have the season long video spoiler alert uh, not that that's really much of a spoiler but um, you know we'd have all those kind of continuing into each other which would be really fun yeah yeah and now there's an extra E and H so yeah we we got to <laughs> go back and redo the whole thing now we've got to do twenty four more <laughs> names. <laughs> And just add them in. It'll be like those, like, this is Ethan, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's move into CinemaSins. Uh, it was Dicer Cardoso week on CinemaSins. It was we- also West week. Uh, also West week, yes. Dicer Cardoso, uh, Cardoso right about the West week uh, on CinemaSins. Uh, so, yes, we wrote both these scripts. We'll start with West Side Story 2021. This is, of course, the Spielberg remake of... The 61? Tell me, Jonathan, is it 61? When was the first uh, uh, West Side Story? I'm almost positive you're right, but I will double check that. But I think it's 61. So remaking the 60s version of West Side Story that was itself a retelling of Romeo and Mm -hmm. Juliet. Uh, And not updating the time frame? Remaking the actual 60s time frame version uh, of this movie. Uh, Daniel, I'm going to start with you. Um, what are some of your thoughts on this whole thing? My initial thought is that I think we got lucky that we didn't end up with like Wild Wild West Sins in West Side Story. Because <laughs> they're both three word titles uh-huh. of, of relatively the same length. Uh-huh. And like even going back and looking at them side by side, I actually I clicked on one of the scripts and I was like, this is, wait, this is not even the right movie that I'm looking at right now. Yeah. So I feel I... I feel like we should pat ourselves on the back for pulling that uh-huh. off alone. You know, there's a sin in West Side Story about Will Smith or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we yeah. should have done that just just to see what people would yeah. say. Where's fun. the mechanical spider? <laughs> Which one are we talking about? Oh, West Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love the movie visually. Like, I uh, mm. I did not mind, like, rewatching a lot of the the scenes so like amazing. just for how just for how they looked uh a, my favorite was the the um the cool scene like there there was uh just something about the camera work and like even th- like the lighting and just like the way that it looked that really i really loved and then uh, uh but the other side of that is that i'm just not really a fan of uh romeo and juliet as a story on top of that of the like the 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 story of West Side Story, like I, I think I've just seen it's done so many times in in like in in real life, in, like enough in, in actual plays. Like mm-hmm. I th- I'm pretty sure they did a production of it at my high school, and uh, and like we read Romeo and Juliet, and like in probably two different English classes. Like it, it just uh, like I, I kind of like I get it, and I feel like the there's a there's a lot of relevant things to that story. So it's not that I don't learn something new, like from each um, viewing or reading, but it does, I, I am tired of it. And what's it? Musicals. Um, sending them is difficult mm-hmm. for, for, for me personally. I think like we had talked about this before, just because of like the, 
like people aren't just like singing and dancing in real life so it's like the like the logic of that like sort of makes you feel like you kind of just need to accept everything so it's like trying to then focus back on to like what the what the story is or like or like what are little like logic things or that 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 are kind of funny or are kind of mm-hmm. out of place one right off the bat was uh the new york housing authority uh mm-hmm. that you wrote which that complete like i want i i was spending so much time trying to write something about the lincoln center that i, <laughs> I watched i watched that scene where it just goes past that sign like 15 times, times yeah and yeah. i never noticed the 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 new york housing authority <laughs> but and then you wrote this in and i read it and i was like oh Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, and I wonder how many people caught the double the in the sin, right? Like, you know, you wonder how many people just buzzed by those subtitles and didn't even realize there were two thes in the actual sin itself uh, and kind of what that percentage. I, I You know, I've, I've, I've gone through the comments and I haven't seen anybody be like, oh, I saw what you did there. So I'm, I'm sure it's in there somewhere, but um, I'm sure somebody caught it. But it's re- our brain just does it. It just eliminates the double word. It's it's pretty amazing that way. No, I, I missed it when I read the sin, too. Like, I missed it. I realized I missed it on screen. Then I missed it when you when you wrote the wrote it twice in the sign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then you immediately question, what am I doing here? Jeez. <laughs> like, the brain is weird, man. Like there are, there are these things where these paragraphs that, that they'll tell you to read and you'll just read it and you'll think, oh, everything's fine. And then they'll point out to you all the things your brain did to change words to make them correct. Like there's this thing, if the first and last letter are correct and the other letters in the middle are the letters from the word in any order, your brain will turn that into the word uh really quickly it's just it's it's really impressive the way our brain assimilates meaning from symbols um so yeah it's interesting that's also why it's good we have at least two writers on all these because i mean you're it's impossible to catch everything i think yeah yeah for sure some of the other things i liked uh you pointed out that the uh, pinball machine wasn't legal until 19 yeah that was fascinating which was just a really cool fact that i had not i learned that from uh licorice pizza this last year oh, licorice wow. pizza is about the legalization of pinball machines in california in the 70s oh, yeah so that's right yeah. it blows my mind that pinball machines were illegal what is going on i don't even understand it's wild <laughs> the other there's one more well i could there's a bunch that i really loved in this one but the the one that i that i i kind of want to read just because i loved uh jeremy's delivery on this one was uh, when uh, maria and tony have uh, they just got it on after a yeah. lot of weird stuff has happened. Yeah. And the sin goes, what the literal fuck? Your lifelong bestie and her brother were stabbed to death just a few hours ago. And you were like, this feels like the perfect time to get naked together, baby. You know how we do. <laughs> <laughs> the, the power boners called. And it says this was on YouTube, freaks. I just thought that I, I can't even read it as well. He read it so well. And yeah. I, just, it, it, I, I wrote something similar, but it was not nearly as good. It had to be sinned. I had to be sent. Uh, yeah, man, I loved writing this one. It, in many ways, West Side's, writing this West Side Story was the hardest thing to sin and the easiest thing to sin at the same time. Like it was, it was one of those weird things where I was like, "Oh, uh, this, you know, it's a musical, so it's difficult. It's long, so there's, you know, a lot there." But then some of the stuff in this story itself is so dumb. Some of the decisions the characters are making are so bad. 
in like in its tragedy porn, like it's just tragedy after tragedy after tragedy, and then the characters, you know, uh, just making weird choices at the end. It was just, it was. A, I really had a good time uh, sending this one. Um, the uh, the one from you that I really wanted to mention was your your sperm to worm observation, uh, which is like. If I put this in on Google Maps, I'd be arriving at this, you know, the place I started. You know, my origin would be my destination or whatever. I just thought that was really funny. Uh, great observation. Um, and then the uh, the fact that when we wrote this, Daniel, I don't know if you remember this. There was so much crossover. Like, we pointed out so many of the same things. Like, right down to, like, the pet milk sin. Like, we both wrote <laughs> pet milk sins about a random box in the background of the scene. Like uh, it's it's it, it just one of those hive mind things that I find interesting with with our work is, you know, how we start to see the same things and, and find the same things. So I wanted to mention um, mention that on this one as well. Uh, what about you, Jonathan? Yeah, so I I like this. I, I, I still think I prefer the original. Um, I wouldn't say like I just love either one of them. The thing about this one that I thought was a little lacking was I loved Rachel Zegler. Is it Zegler or Zegler? I guess it's Zegler, right? It's only one E. But anyways, uh, whatever. Uh, Rachel Zegler is what I'm going with. Uh, I really liked her in this. Uh, Ansel Elgert was okay. They had no chemistry though. Like, and you guys, <laughs> you guys send that. I mean, that that's half another of Monopoly thing. shoes worth of chemistry would have done the yeah. trick. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorite sins. And the fact that like you know that even st- says. Because at least, like, if they had really good chemistry, as ridiculous as that scene is that Daniel was describing, where, you know, people are getting stabbed and killed all around them, and then they just go have sex, at least if they had chemistry, you would still at least, it would be not believable, Mm -hmm. but it would be more interesting, I guess. But the fact that they don't, it just, like, stands out. Um you know, but uh, but no, I like it. It's it's just it's one of those things where you're just like, oh yeah, Spielberg is one of the best. You know, <laughs> I mean, he's just he's ridiculous. It's insane. Yeah, and nobody and no, just and it's kind of cool because just nobody's very few people are making movies like this anymore. So it was just kind of nice to see uh, just to see this much money poured into something that like wasn't uh, wasn't just like a comic book movie or like a crazy Mm -hmm. comedy or something like that, you know, whatever, whatever's really popular right now. But, uh, yeah, so I like those aspects of it, but the movie as a whole, I, I just, I liked it. You know, it, I, I don't know that it's one I'm going to go back to often. Uh, the script was great. I don't envy having to write a script about a musical because, uh, it's just that you can't really use the music and that's just, Mm -hmm. that's gotta be insane, especially in a movie like this where that's almost all it is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I love the. I'm gonna make quick work of the Jets, and then the sin was the AFC East. That was great. <laughs> uh, I like for some reason I like the choice of. You said I don't care what Lionel Richie says. Dancing in the streets is rude. I just like that you used the word rude. Like it sounded like you were like Michelle Tanner from Full House or something. <laughs> I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and do the uh, one of the nitpicking the nitpickers uh, here. But Lionel Lionel Richie didn't uh, sing Dancing in the Streets. <laughs> Oh, God, that's right. He did. Oh, my God. He did all night long. That's yeah, what you were yeah. thinking of, right? I, 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 wow. you know, listen, what, what, what the, the, oh the, 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 the company answer is, uh, we're just, we're trolling you, you know, like, yeah, we, that's we exactly knew. what it was. I cannot believe, like, I even, like, was laughing at that. And I just, of course, Lionel Richie's saying it. No, it's, uh, Mick Jagger and, uh, David there were a couple Bowie versions. Were. Yeah. There were a couple versions. No, there yeah. were, that's right. I think that was a, that was a cover, but I saw that comment too, and I was like, I didn't question it. Like, 
Yeah, <laughs> but I like I knew I yeah I just be, I just believed that Lionel Richie sang that song. <laughs> he talks about dancing all the time. <laughs> he dances all night long. I yeah. mean, on the street, yeah. right? On the streets, right? Uh, and then also I had the the pinball sin was great, especially when you ended it with well, marijuana was also the marijuana in the sixties. <laughs> but you get my point. Uh, yeah. Movie doesn't know how to satin or eggshell correctly. Uh, was Beautiful. one and uh you guys got to do what this movie exists which was yeah which doesn't happen that often anymore we should we should we should stop and explain that a little bit because people yeah. think like that this movie exists in is just like oh huge slam no it means something specific like there's it's very much a like from a jeremy mindset like he really has this thing about movies that should not have been made uh because it already you know exists in fact that's um I think it was the very first sin in the channel's history. Am I right about that? I this think movie? that's right. Yes, I believe this that's movie correct. exists uh, because it was uh, the next Spider-Man. Yeah, um, it, it was, was the, the amazing reboot. Spider-Man. It was the reboot, and so you know, it definitely was like, why are we doing this again? So it applies here. It, I think we did it for uh, the Lion King CGI. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it applies in these very specific places. So yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, Jeremy Jeremy kills me because he'll be like, I really like this movie, even though it shouldn't exist or something like that. I'm like, why Why do you have to say that? Like, you just like the movie. Like, why, is that, <laughs> why does there have to be this? Like, I can't admit oh, to fully liking a remake, but... Yeah, no, I, I, uh, uh, Jeremy and I have had that conversation many yeah. times. Uh, by the way, Josh comes in with the save. Uh, line from All Night Long, everyone you meet, they're jamming in the streets <laughs> there you uh, go. all night he long. So there it. you go. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. So That's what rude. I was thinking of. We should answer that uh, comment with a so rude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, that, that's all. I did. The last thing I had was I'm pretty sure that's not what the priest meant when he said kingdom come. I thought that was pretty great. So. <laughs> I no, was, it was really fun. I, I got dark on some of this stuff that I wrote on this one. Darker than I usually get. Uh, one of one of those moments is like after that, she's I, she's over his corpse in the morgue and the sin is just bet you're sorry about you know thinking about sex during church now or whatever <laughs> it's like as if she killed him by having those thoughts during church god was like Mm-mm-mm. uh so yeah yeah now i've got all that uh, long stuck in my head there you go there you go uh all right let's move on to the uh second west uh wild wild oh west um this was also uh daniel and i um Daniel, why don't you kick us off again uh, on one of what is clearly now that we've sinned it and looked at it in depth, one of the worst movies ever made in the history of moviedom. Um, talk on it. I am, I am very conflicted with this movie. I found it <laughs> to be uh, uh, very interesting to revisit it in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, like watching it as a person I am right now, it, it, it clearly fails in a lot of ways to me and like I think that there's like certain themes that it's 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 attempting to tackle like some serious themes using humor, like especially uh, like race and sexuality are mm-hmm. like huge in this movie, which is something I did not even notice when I first saw it. Because mm-hmm. when did this come out? It was like ninety nine. Ninety nine, yeah. Which is also like for a lot of people one of the greatest years of cinema, and like you've got Wild Wild West. <laughs> And this is this is the movie that Will Smith uh, turned down the Matrix for uh, when he was asked to do the Matrix. He did this instead. So yeah, that's wild. It's wild. Wild, wild. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I like I felt after like rewatching c- uh, certain scenes over and over again was like it seemed like there was like an attempt to do a, a bit of like uh, do what Blazing Saddles did, and I just don't think it worked because like. 
because they're trying to inject to like to use humor to discuss like serious things mm-hmm. and it just there was something about the way that it was executed with this film that it, I didn't feel like it, it worked at least not for me anyway and I'm trying to figure out like why that like why that is because I remember at the time like when I was younger like finding a lot of it like to be very humorous in, to myself at the time mm-hmm. and I, I like I think it's something about it, like the the type of movie it was it was trying to be because I think this came out in the summer. Like it was trying to be like a studio tentpole. Yeah, this is like they started calling it Big Willy Weekend. It was July fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was trying to be so big, and it's like I feel like you can't poke fun at like certain things and try to be a big box office movie at the same time. I think that there's just there's something lost in in like that process because you're mm-hmm. trying to make it so accessible, whereas like right. Blazing Saddles just downright scared people, I think. Right. It wasn't accessible. Yeah. (laughs) No, you're absolutely right. That's such a great observation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's how I, I, like, that's like my very analytical feeling about the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, for as as bad as everyone feels like it, there is still a part of me that really enjoys a lot of things about the movie. Like, I I enjoy the performances of Will Smith, Kevin Klein, and Kenneth Branagh. Like, I, like, I do too. I do too. Being on screen, like, they're, they are a lot of fun to watch, even in the in these characters. Um, I enjoyed the steampunk aesthetic. Like, I love all that. Like, you know, taking like old technology and like it, making it feel like futuristic and in, in in that way. And like the 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 train, I think, was like like a really cool set piece. And um, like even along the same lines, it's like they put James Bond in the West and like. I like if you told me that they were going to make a 007 movie and just set it make they make a 007 prequel and set it in the West or something like I'd I'd be all about it. I just love that sort of what's it called? It's like anachronistic. Did you guys know this was based on a TV show, though? Yes, I I was aware of that. Okay, I was I was just making sure it was Steve McQueen. I think I think that's right. Yeah, Yeah. I've never seen the show, though, but I I was I was aware of it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. That's like how I. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt about it. So it's very, it's way more complicated than anyone should feel about the about Wild Wild West as a movie. I think in terms of sins, I really liked the uh, sign uh, sign surrender. I will decimate this town. You'll destroy one tenth of it. I think we can live with that <laughs> because that uh, educated me on what decimate means, and then made me realize that it's in the word uh, des- desi, <laughs> it decimate. Sure is. And yep. I was like, oh wow, look at that. Words are words are fun. <laughs> <laughs> this was a, was a pretty long one here, but it's like uh, Wes and Loveless are like arguing about midway through the movie, and then uh, I think I think I wrote this one, but if I didn't, you can take credit for it. Uh, <laughs> villain, <laughs> villain leaves because his feelings are hurt instead of just killing James West right then and there. And I don't want to hear about how some villains enjoy toying with their opponent more than actually winning. That's only fun to watch when the villain's motives are interesting. Loveless. Just wants to build insane-looking super weapons, conquer the United States, and then retire to the Northwest for some kinky cyborg sex. Ah, shit! I talked long enough to prove myself wrong again, didn't I? Well, still gets a sin, gets one sin versus the five I was going to give it. I yeah. just, I just enjoyed writing that one, and it, it kind of just played out that way because I started writing it, and I was like, and then I was like, oh shit! Like his motivations are kind of actually interesting, so I just had to <laughs> kind of like take it to uh-huh. its logical conclusion from there. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. Uh, I love that. Um, yeah, this movie, man. I I remember when it came. 
came out being somewhat of a defender of it, just <clears throat> just in a way of what did you expect kind of defense. You know, like we're doing big budget, you know, popcorn movie kind of stuff. <clears throat> but my views on that have changed quite a bit, obviously, um, because I do think there's something there. There is a dumbing down that doesn't have to happen. Movies can be big and, you know, bodacious, but they don't have to be nonsensical and this movie is nonsensical in so many ways and that's before you get to some of the crazy decisions about how they handle race how they handle um you know uh, ableism uh with the character uh that's in the wheelchair just like it definitely comes from that era where we were buddies because we could rip on each other or you know like it was okay to do those kind of things but even like and daniel we had conversations about uh the lynching scene which is just this terrible part of our history and it's turned into this stand-up comedy routine yeah, from a that was black... one of my favorite sons i mean in and we both wrote a bunch on that and you know kept yours uh because i just thought it was so in you know just insightful about just how um how ridiculous that whole scene is um and there's so much of that here uh I just you like know, that you called it crowd work, that he was doing crowd work at a lynching. <laughs> it, that, it, it he is. was. I mean, I never it would have is. thought of it that way, but it absolutely is. We had other sins uh, about the, 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 you know, again, because that, that section was so meaty, but, you know, there was also the point that we didn't end up putting it in there that when you think of the fact that this is a black man being directed by a white man, saying words written by white men, like, you know, like it's just... To, to go to a mostly white, like, it's just, it's this weird racial, like, how did anybody think that was a good idea uh, kind of thing? I wonder if this is why he, I don't remember why he turned down Django Unchained, but I, I know he did. And I, I think it was partly to do with, I, I don't know, I just, I'm kind of curious if after he did Wild Bald West, he was like, I should pay more attention to, like... <laughs> What I'm getting Could involved be. in, you know, I, I don't know, maybe not, but I've always, because I was, I was, I, and also I would love to see him in the Matrix, by the way. I, Keanu's great, and I don't think that movie's the same without him, but it's kind of one of those alternate world movies, like I wish existed, mm -hmm. like Sammy Davis Jr. and Beetlejuice. Like, I, I mm -hmm. just, I still want to see that movie. I, I don't, I wouldn't doubt that there, that, I mean, this movie probably definitely played into his decision to whether or not play Django. And like, it's, uh, it get, I mean, it gets complicated, especially like when movies are like uh, discussing race. Like it's it's it gets complicated because like you you're you're trying to judge an art or you're trying to like think about it as an art form, but like that art form is like feeding back into and commenting on like tough history for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So it might not like it's hard to say. Like you'd have to even you'd have to ask him whether he just didn't didn't like what he saw in Django or whether. It was just like, I don't want, like, I, I've tried juggling that once. I don't want to try to juggle it again. Because it does, like, this is even a bit uncomfortable for me to even talk to talk about. But, like, when you hear, like, interviews with a lot of these big name actors of, of color, like, there is a difference, whether we want to acknowledge or not, acknowledge it or not, between being, between being just an actor and being a black actor in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. sure. And it's like those sort of, that that feeds into like their decision making about what to take and what mm -hmm. not to take and like r imagine like not seeing not seeing Django Unchained but reading that script and being like like this is this is this is not light this is heavy mm -hmm. <laughs> like all that I mean I'm just saying like all that comes into play so just sure. to say that like I absolutely see 
this movie affecting him. So it's like, what happens if, as hypotheticals, if uh, Will Smith does uh, does the Matrix, does he then do Django Unchained? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? It's wild. It's wild to think about. Wild, wild. In wild. fact. <laughs> um, I uh, the other thing I wanted to mention that absolutely blew me away was how horny this movie is and how explicitly yeah. sexual it is that that when he stands up and it has a full reverse package shot you know like they're testicles and penis for a good second and i'm just like how is this in a pg-13 movie how like i was just like i mean and listen i'm not trying to shame the human body i it's just body parts i don't care personally i'm just saying like the system is the way it was designed and continues to be designed. It just blew my mind. Well, um, it, I think that also comes into play, though, because like a lot of people are questioning that about Doctor Strange. First off, I think Doctor Strange is a PG-13 movie, the, the, the new one. Oh, I, yeah. I do. Yeah. But I do understand why people are saying, you know, Marvel probably has an easier time with the like Disney probably has an easier time with the ratings board. Mm-hmm. than an indie because there's a lot of indie films that get rated r that probably should be pg-13 yeah. and that 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 hurts them right in mm-hmm. the long run right so i right. think that's what part of this is it's more not that this couldn't be pg-13 but based on something that wasn't as big as this and didn't have as big of a star in it would probably be r mm-hmm. um it, it does make you wonder like how they come to you know agreement on these ratings it's weird it doesn't make any sense yeah and just the you know the the movies uh you know um the the thong shot that i think we send uh you know the um the just the references to sex toys both visually and you know in the dialogue like i'm just like yeah. wow you see, see salma hayek's ass too right i think you do don't you mm, doesn't she have like a like no. a rip in her Does pants she? or something does she, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a, there's a. We had a sin there that I think we cut. Yeah, but you yeah did. she has. She wears Will Smith's pajamas and yes. the butt flap is open. Yes, and you, that's yeah, what it is. you see yeah. the, the, the top of her butt. Um, which we, we. Here's, here's. This is why you tune in. So the sin was basically that there's no way that butt flap should have been on her butt if they were Will Smith's pajamas. Yeah, uh, it that's should have, true. It, it should have been up like towards the middle of her back. Um, you know, based on, uh, his size. Uh, that's so, a good point. But anyways, um, I think we ended up debating the the relative dimensions of pajamas and how they can yeah. uh, sag. And sure. and... Well, I mean, and you guys had to pause that scene. You had to study it for a while. <laughs> and I the, and the, I... the Will Smith scene, too, which That's there's no true. way that That's was true. Will Smith. But yes, that is literally a part of my wife will walk around and she'll be like, why are you paused? On Selma Hayek's <laughs> butt right now, and why are you frame by framing this? I'm like, listen, I'm writing. I'm writing. <laughs> this is my job. Uh, so, Our job's yeah. weird. <laughs> it is. It is very weird. Um, yeah. So, uh, Wild Wild West was very easy to send. There's just so much ridiculous in there. Jonathan, some thoughts from you? I I saw this in the theater. I, I didn't like it. Uh, I don't know that. Like, I was. I'm kind of with Daniel. I mean, I think there were, it's weird though, because like if, if you, like if you compare this, cause this was Barry Sonnenfeld too, I think. Right. So if you compare this movie to men in black, they're not like they're going for the exact same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of similar things in there as far as like big movie, big summer movie, you know, comedy mm-hmm. and action right. and all that stuff. But for whatever reason, like men in black really works and Wild West doesn't. And I don't know that I have a good answer for why that is, because they're very similar. Not similar as plot goes, but just in as far as like the 
who they're trying to attract as an audience and stuff like that. Like they're very, they're very similarly motivated films and, but men in black is awesome. Like it's, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would agree that it's, it's a classic at this point. Mm-hmm. And what wild, wild west is just more people would just like to forget it. I will say the Kenneth Branagh performance though is, I it's hate wild. that it's in this movie because it's so it, strange. Like, can we put Kenneth Branagh in men in black? Like that would make that even more epic. <laughs> It really is uh, kind of Austin Powers ish. Like it's really yeah. like almost over the top parody. What's going on with him? And he just goes for it. Like mm-hmm. and I've never. I don't know that I've. I can't think off the top of my head him doing that in anything else. Like, I mean, I've Tenet. Ne- he gets close in Tenet, man. Tenet is pretty over the top. But it is. But that's a much different uh, environment. Yeah. Like that's a yeah. much different aesthetic. But you no, know, you're right. You're right. He. I think there probably is some of his. That outtake of his of his tenant speech (laughs) fits so perfectly. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, I will say real quick though, Robert Conrad was in the TV show Wild Wild West. Robert Conrad played the Will the character that Will Smith played. Uh, Steve, uh, uh, who was the Steve McQueen was in uh, Wanted Dead or Alive. So I just got my I got my Western shows that I've never seen an episode of. Very up. confused. The other thing about this movie that I love is like hearing that Kevin Smith story, like, you know, 10 years later, uh, where when Kevin Smith was writing the Superman script, mm-hmm. one thing that John Peter said to him was that he wanted Superman to fight a spider. He wanted Superman to fight a big spider, like mm. at the Fortress of Solitude. And Kevin Smith was like, I'm not doing that because A, it's the it's the Fortress of Solitude. Like, you know, no one's there. <laughs> it's not the and Fortress just, of Spider-Tude. Yeah. And that's just dumb. And then he goes and watches Wild Wild West like a couple years later. And then it gets to that scene with the big spider. And Kevin Smith's like, holy shit, John Peters got his giant spider in a movie because <laughs> yep. John Peters produced this too. So that's those are the two things I always think about is Kenneth Branagh. And that freaking spider, uh, but yeah, just didn't didn't care anything for the movie itself. The few good men sin where you guys are naming the full names of the characters. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> who wrote that? That was me. Listen, <laughs> that was a running gag. That was there were f- three or four of those sins throughout because this movie does that. Yeah, several they keep, times. Like James West. So then the second one was after the character says General Bloodbath McGrathison is does the same intro. Hope this movie goes full names position and makes every character say the full name and title of every other character in every conversation. In fact, every movie should do this. Facebook co-founder Eduardo <laughs> Luis Saverin, you're going to blame me because you were the business head of the company. You made a bad business deal with your own company. Facebook co-founder Mark <laughs> Elliott Zuckerberg, this is going to be like I'm not a part of Facebook. Wow. It won't be like you're not a part of Facebook, Facebook co-founder Edward Lewis Saverin. You're not a part of Facebook. My name's on the masthead, Napster co-founder and supreme dick Sean Parker. Facebook co-founder Edward Luis Saverin, you might want to check again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So yeah, I did that several times, and then the fin- the finisher uh, on that one. Uh, I hope this movie goes full names position and makes every character say the full name and title on every other character in every conversation. In fact, every movie should do this. We're gonna need a bigger boat, Mister Sharps and Teeth Johnsington the <laughs> Third. That That's awesome. Capper. Uh, anyhow, yeah, that, but we thought that was a little much, so we just went with the one. Um, but yeah, like because those are so those are so great. But like in the longer video, I think the worry is just like we're just going to lose people before we get to the right. joke, yeah, or right. to like the, the payoff. Yeah. No, I think doing it's it like, once if was they stay there call. for that long is it's so good. Yeah, yeah. But we say that, and then yeah. we release like a thirty-minute Eternals video, and that's like one of the highest watched. <laughs> you just never know. You just absolutely you, you never, never know. know. I mean, with the older movies, yeah. we do try to keep them a little shorter, uh, but uh, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. 
Um, yeah. I, I love that. Uh, he thinks they are gay. That's why we're supposed to laugh. The possibility of homosexuality. That's the whole joke. I Just that obvious revelation mm-hmm. is great. And I will read the yep. lynching sin because we didn't say the whole thing. So just for people that are listening, maybe haven't seen the video. This was my favorite sin. It was no one involved in the production of this movie took a moment to think that a black man doing crowd work at his lynching was a bad idea. Yeah. Needed to be pointed out. Needed to be pointed out. Uh, let us move on to the comment section. I what you're I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're each going to pick a comment from the last week's content from the various places you reach out. Uh, Discord, YouTube, Reddit, etc. Um... Let's see. Uh, I'll kick this off. This came from the West Side Story video uh, in the comments. says, somebody finally said it. You know how frustrating it is trying to learn Spanish through movies when you have auditory processing issues? If it's not on Netflix, uh, you're basically effed for subtitles. And this is in reference to the sin talking about how Spielberg used uh, the, um, the movie and didn't give subtitles. For mm-hmm. any of the Spanish, which I think is a fine decision because it makes yeah. it feel more natural and it doesn't, yeah. you know, there is kind of a dumbing down of some of that stuff. And I understand we want to know what they're saying, but then you can turn subtitles, you know, um, on or, or whatever the case. But the thing is, when you turn subtitles on on this movie, uh, instead of having it be the Spanish subtitles, it just says, you know, continue speaking in Spanish and, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I just thought for somebody who's bilingual, let's say. And they're turning on, you know, subtitles to hear, you know, uh, the different nuances in the words that they're saying in both languages. Um, it just it seemed like a, a really inconsiderate, you know, thing to do. We did have a conversation, by the way, about whether or not these were the official subtitles that, you know, were chosen for the movie and, you know, where the subtitles come from. And um, and that's those can be changed, too. Like, so, you know, it may may change down the road. But we thought it was interesting enough in our copy how the subtitles were like that um, on the the Blu-ray that, that, that it was worth mentioning. So yeah, and that, that point, and like I think that's a great point because of our with our discussion was that like I had watched it, uh, I had watched it before when to send it, so it was a different version. But there was definitely more Spanish subtitles in that version. So like uh, it's like we just didn't didn't want to be saying something that was that might be incorrect to for like mm-hmm. the viewer's experience, but it's still. Like I even like I still wanted it in as well because it's still like important point and sort of like if we can like we go through all the trouble of like getting like sound and like voicing done and like uniform across like mm-hmm. with within like the within the production of a movie so that that people that the experience is pretty uniform no matter where you watch it but sort of making that decision in to, for the subtitles doesn't seem to happen. Like it, it can be different depending on what platform you streamed. Mm-hmm. It. If you saw it in the theater, if you saw it, if you bought the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. like, like why is that different? Right. Why is that right. experience seem made like allowed to be different when we put so much mm-hmm. effort into getting like the sound and the score and the, in the, in the, 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 the voicing to be is, is right. all like baked into yeah. the movie. Right. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, what about you guys, Jonathan? Uh, I actually, I, I just ended up using one because I just am like, I, I guess impressed is the word. I, I think this uh, person on YouTube, Molly, and I think, I don't know if it's in the first ever TV Sends video, 
but she has commented on just about every TV Sins video with, please do everything wrong with Alias, truth be told. <laughs> I don't want the whole series. I just want the pilot. I swear to God, this has been, and I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm just, I'm an admiration of the, the persistence. Of, oh my God. It's, it's, yeah. it, cause there's every now and then we'll get one do like on a couple videos, but I'm almost positive. This is on just about every TV Sins video. You, <laughs> if you go down far enough, you'll find Molly. Ask it. And I'm a huge Alias fan, so uh, I do maybe, love the idea. But I think you would be the only viewer. So maybe uh, when JJ, <laughs> maybe when JJ decides to do an Alias movie, yeah, uh, maybe when we have maybe, a tie, maybe yeah. then. Maybe then. <laughs> but I, just, uh, I love it. I love it at this point. I, I look yeah. forward to reading that comment. Yeah, uh, Daniel. What about you? Yeah, I just I just picked this one just because it was uh, it just made me laugh. It was super super funny. Um, a Kyle Brown stated he he put this is i put it i put lead in i'm gonna make quick work of the jets uh sin the afc east me a new york jets fan laughing because it's funny crying because it's true (laughs) (laughs) oh my god amazing amazing i feel i feel very bad for that fan base Mm -hmm. yeah yeah as a lions fan i don't (laughs) you probably don't uh, know moving on to nitpicking the nitpickers of the nitpickers we wouldn't want to nitpick Right, Danny? Pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, cheap, 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 talk a lot, take a little more. Um, actually... Oops. What do you mean, oops? Missed it by that much. Am I just going to nitpick everyone until they leave me? We're going to take a look at some, um, actuallys from the comments and decide together if the comment or commenter was green, yellow, or red. Uh, Ian, what are the, uh, um, actuallys for this? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I do have a couple of these that we can look at. That'd be amazing if he just popped <laughs> in. He just popped like, oh up. my God, you guys timed that. <laughs> He's been here the whole time. Uh, this one from, uh, Teen Dream says, as a kid, I loved watching old movies because the credits rolled in at the beginning and usually did so in a way to captivate the audience. I hate that they roll at the end of flicks now and people get, uh, just get up to leave all those set designers, costumers, everyone deserves to be seen. This is in response to sending the wild, wild west, uh, opening credits, um, kind of TV show style Mm -hmm. credits where it's like a, you know, designed in a different way. And, you know, the part of this that is obviously green is, yes, they did. They used to put all the credits up front. They used to do them in, you know, different kinds of uh, fun ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably f- commercial reasons and correct reasons, in my opinion, they realized that that was impacting their ability to really get into the story quickly and to catch people's attention. So what are your guys' thoughts on this? Should, you know, should should they do more credits at the beginning or should they do them all at the end? Or uh, what are your thoughts? As far as people not staying through the credits at the end, for most like former and current theater workers that I've ever talked to, like they would like you to just leave as, mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as the credits start. So I guess uh, it depends on how you feel about, you know, making it easier on a uh, employee's life. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't mind. I don't care either way because there's even movies now that don't have the title up until the, after the movie's over. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean yeah. that even happens now. So yeah. uh, I've kind of just gotten used to it. But you're right, man. It used to be like because those like watching those old Star Trek movies. Those are the ones where I really notice it because it'll just be three minutes of space mm-hmm. and names for like mm-hmm. three minutes, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't necessarily miss that. I mean, I I'm fine with the way they kind of shorten it now, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah, watching some of the old Hitchcock movies or, you know, even some of the old musicals I love. uh, Even just like watching Singing in the Rain uh, recently. I rewatched Singing in the Rain. 
Um, which, by the way, Downton Abbey's new movie is basically Singing in the Abbey. Uh, it is literally the plot of wow. Singing in the Rain, um, which is or part of it, one of the main plots. Anyhow, uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, th- it's crazy how much of it is just, you know, them just names being there. And that's just how it used to be. And I think it's better this way. I like going to a movie and getting right to the story. Um, you know, obviously, uh, as from a sin's purpose, we're always going to sin stuff that's not the movie. Like, it's just always going to get sinned. Uh, so that's the only reason I would say red. Um, <laughs> but y- y- there, there is a... Uh, there is something to be said for maybe being a little more creative with the end credits. I like it when movies do that, where they mm-hmm. emphasize. I love it when movies go through the cast and have parts of their performance, yeah, like playing while they're naming them. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things, and so very few movies do it. Um, or but a for me, or something. Yeah, or yes, or something like that. There, you could do things like even with some of the other credits, like when you get to like the the um you know set design people or whatever have their pictures pop up or maybe you know them laughing together and saying something about you know i don't know you could you could do yeah, things eating, in the credits eating to, a hot dog whatever just <laughs> right you can do things in the credits to emphasize the people rather than just scrolling through a bunch of names but you know it's just it's roi right like return on investment for them like you know at some point there's so many people involved in making a movie now that it's like I, you can't really honor all 2000 of those people in a, in a meaningful way. I, um, I will so. say real quick about end credits. though. I'm, I'm tired of stingers. I wish those would just go away because they don't, they don't really ever add anything unless you do something like the Avengers with them eating shawarma, mm-hmm. like something like that I can appreciate, but like just trying to set up something else or, yeah. or do something like the Batman where it's like a website or something pops up at the, I didn't even stay for it because somebody told me not to, but uh, yeah. I think that needs to go away like yeah. I, I just i don't know i hate having to know whether or not i need to stay and watch something i don't really have a feeling you like one way or the other on it um uh, i was going to bring up the point of just like how many people are, are involved in making movies like that and like especially a lot of these very big budget movies you look at there there is like thousands of people or something um that would be funny i think if a movie put all those right at the beginning and made you <laughs> sit through that entire thing um I think that I would probably take that over some of the um, uh, advertisements and things because I mean, if you go see a movie now, it is like twenty minutes before you the movie yeah. actually starts, and like that's not almost not even including the trailers. Yep. Um, all right, let's move into the next one. This one says you can actually break magnetism of soft maggot m- maggots. Nope, magnets <laughs> by simply hitting them. So assuming the neck collars are made with some kind of iron-based magnet, yes, running into a wall really hard could save their lives. Conversely, hitting a rare earth magnet will not break its magnetism, but as they are very fragile, it could just break them. So running into a wall very hard will help again. Um, so thoughts on sure. this? Green. Sure, green. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. So sure. Daniel, you're the, you're the professor. To let us know what the... <laughs> tell us. Tell us the answer. <laughs> I Aaron wrote this one, so like I, I have no idea. Um, Staying out of it. <laughs> I, I, that sounds like that that person knows what they're talking about. So I, I guess we go. I'll go green with that uh, as well. So this uh, is a clear red, and here's why. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, uh, no. What they say is true, but it actually doesn't break our sin. Our sin is yeah. literally about how, if that's the case, that is the sin. If they literally can run into a wall and stop those things from chasing them, 
that is the sin. It should not be that easy to dis- dismantle those things. Also, like a soft magnet isn't going to have the pull to pull a, a like a buzzsaw blade after them, I wouldn't think, but um but that's kind of a different topic. Um Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, if 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 just a little bit of you know percussive maintenance uh, could have stopped those from from working, that's that's actually the sin itself. But I do appreciate the education. Yeah. Real quick, um, speaking of maggots, I randomly had to spend like thirty minutes researching whether or not maggots could survive underwater. That was fun. <laughs> nice. Good Some to know. can. Just so just so you know. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Good to, very good to know. That'll come in very handy in my life. Uh, and then finally, um, just so you know, this is from uh, West Side Story. Just so you know, I Feel Pretty actually does take place after the rumble in the original play. It opens act two. The first movie is the hmm. one that moved it. But yes, that version does seem better for sure. Um, thoughts on this one? Because we, we send the fact that the, the story goes into... I feel pretty after all like the murders have happened and all the death. Oh, and then they're saying that in the original it does come sooner than that or the No, in the original that's how it takes place. I feel okay. pretty does come the, after in the, new the rumble. One, it comes sooner. Uh no, in in the 60s version it it takes place in a different order that makes more sense to me. Uh and oh, okay. then the modern version, the 2021 version actually moves it back to after the rumble. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it I I I prefer it the way you just said. Like yep. in the original version, that makes more sense. It's kind of yeah, that does take away some of that that the I guess like the the cuteness of the song. I don't know the, the mm-hmm. just the fun of the song because then you're having to think about like yeah. murders and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people doing really inappropriate stuff after murders happened in this movie. Did not yes. realize that till you yes. guys said it. What what um I don't I'm, I don't have it up. Did it, what was the wording on the original sin? Do you have, happen to have that? I can pull that up. Um, so the wording on the original sin. Oh, we now take you directly from a knife fight where two major characters were stabbed to death into this fun little ditty about feeling pretty, witty, and bright, which is more than can be said about whoever's idea it was to move this song here. I mean, I might give them pretty, but witty and bright seem to be firmly out of reach. Uh, so that is how. So the whoever's idea it was, it was actually the original writer's uh, idea, uh, the stage play writers. Hmm. Um, so I think we're allowed to send that, right? Yeah, like, I think I mean, we can send that. Yeah, I think that works. Just because it was their idea doesn't mean it was a good idea. <laughs> I think that. Yeah. Then, um, I think it. I think that it should have been two sins then, because we should send two different people. I uh, think that, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it should be. So. Yeah, we should be adding a sin for sure. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Let's move into the sinpository. History became legend. The past is past. Let's look at some statistics. To the left. Careful, Chief. You dig up the past, all you get is dirty. We insert ourselves into the sins repository, or sins sympository, if you will, as Jonathan probes the annals of sin history for a video we can reassess in both individual parts and the whole. Uh, Jonathan, what oh, is our video crap. today? No, I'm kidding. Uh, we were uh, we're doing X Men Origins Wolverine, the classic nice. classic cinema. Uh, but no, this was, uh, for those who don't remember, this came out in 2009. This was the fourth X-Men movie. This was the one that followed Brett Ratner's uh, magnum opus, uh, X-Men The Last Stand, where uh-huh. uh, the only thing I remember is that Kelsey Grammer played Beast, and it was actually not bad, <laughs> even though <Yeah. laughs> it was weird seeing him like in a suit with Kelsey Grammer's voice coming out of it. Um, so yeah, so... Uh, 
I will say X-Men Origins Wolverine, as far as my memory of it, I, I think I've seen it a couple times. I saw it in the theater, and then I think I watched it once since randomly. But um, I don't really like it, but I also don't necessarily hate it, I think, as much as most people. I just don't get it. Like, talk about a this movie exists. I don't, I don't know what they're going for with this movie. I don't know mm-hmm. who they're trying to... Uh, what audience they're aiming at. Like a lot of it just doesn't yeah. make sense because there's no stakes really. Cause we know all these people, a lot of these people survive obviously, mm-hmm. which all prequels have that problem. But, but then if you're going to do that, that's fine. But then have like interesting action scenes or, or have an interesting like plot or villain or something. And this movie really has none of that. So uh, I think the best thing about it is you get Ryan Reynolds before they turn him into like a muted Deadpool. Uh, He's a lot. Of, he's Ryan Reynolds, so he's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you know if we don't have this movie do, although it did do as well as I thought it did, but, but make at least be a somewhat of a hit. We probably don't get the other two Wolverine movies, which are which are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would argue Logan might be the best superhero movie of all time. I would argue that. I don't know if uh, I, mm. there's a couple more I would put in that, but I, I love Logan. Although nice. you could also argue Logan's not a superhero movie too. I mean, so uh, that would be it, weird to argue though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would saying, I wouldn't be shocked if people say like it's hard to compare Logan though to like yeah. Doctor Strange. Like that's a hard, sure. you know, that's a hard comparison to make. No, I think Logan at 100% is a superhero. Maybe I could just see people making that argument because uh, it's it's basically a western with uh with uh with with with, with X Men. So there you go. But uh, and we also maybe we don't get the Deadpool movies if this doesn't happen. I, I found it interesting too when I was doing research on this. They had already started talking about a Deadpool movie with Ryan Reynolds in 2003. Yeah. And this was, you know, I, I had no idea. It was meant that, to be. Yeah. I mean, it, so it was like 14 years, I think, right? I think it's 2017, mm-hmm. I think was the first one. 2016, something like that. But anyways, uh, this was released May 1st, 2009. It made $85 million opening weekend, which wow. was, which at 2009, that was definitely not bad. Uh, no, it, that's not bad at all. It, it didn't really, the only thing I could find, it was for movies that were released the first weekend in May, it was like the fifth highest or fourth or fifth okay. highest grossing um, uh, opening weekend. Uh, Spider-Man beat it. Uh, an X2 beat it. There was a couple others. Uh, it finished 13th at the box office. It ended up making $179 million domestic. I thought it did a little more than that, but uh, that's where it was at. Uh, it made a little less than Ice Age 3 of all freaking movies. And... Uh, <laughs> It made a little more than Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian. It made like $2 million more than that. Um, I also forgot, I was looking at the top 10, and of course, this is the year of Avatar, which was the which became the highest grossing mm-hmm. movie of all time, uh, even though nobody has seen it, according to <laughs> most people. Uh, and then you also you had a Harry Potter movie, you had the second Transformers movie, the second Twilight movie, Up. Uh, those were kind of your top 10. Sherlock Holmes, Star Trek 2009, the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. And then The Blind Side, which I did not oh, remember. Yeah. It made that much money. I knew it was yeah. a hit, but I just assumed it was like $107 million or something, you know. Yeah. But no, it made like, it made over $200 million. So this was the fourth X-Men movie. There are now 13 X-Men movies if you include the first two Deadpools and all three of the Wolverines, which I think you should. Uh... I have the I have is that thir- is that including a uh, oh spoilers never mind continue <laughs> I have the I have them ranked by box office uh, if you guys want to play around I I will say this the first two are extremely obvious and they out outgrossed everything else by quite a bit but um the first two what the like if you were to if you were to go through the thirteen X Men films uh, oh 
uh-huh. the first X-Men through New Mutant. Okay. You have 13 X-Men films, including both Deadpool movies and all three Wolverine movies. Uh-huh. So if you rank them by box office, the first two are pretty obvious because they made a lot more money than the other ones. Is they the Deadpool movies? Yeah, the first two. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Deadpool is one. Deadpool two is two. Yeah. Uh, New Mutants is pretty easy to guess too. It's last, but that was like one of the first movies released. I think after, like, I think it was the one mm-hmm. that came out after Tenet uh, during the during the yeah. pandemic. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it only made twenty three million. Um, yeah, that's a pandemic movie. But the highest grossing one with X Men in the title was shocking. <laughs> is it X three? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it only the last made, stand. It only made one million more than Days of Future Past. So you okay, could I wondered about pre- Days of Future Past, yeah. Yeah, Days of Future Past was the highest grossing of the later ones. Uh, well, Days of Future Past was really kind of like Spider-Man No Way Home of its time, right? Like, it was like, there's there's this, this interesting thing that, that the X-Men movies did this kind of before Marvel did, where it's like, you know, we're bringing the whole band together, you know, kind of thing. I would argue better. <laughs> no, I like Days of Future Past a lot. Uh, that's I did one... Too. I, it, I I actually think I like it better than First Class now because First Class was kind of always my favorite, but I think I like Days of Future Past a little better now that I've rewatched it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so X Men Origins Wolverine, if you, it's right in the middle. It's uh, seventh out of thirteen, and then okay. Logan is the only Wolverine film that grossed more than it. Uh, the Wolverine was only grossed one hundred thirty-two million, but uh, yeah, so they're all just kind of in there. Uh, I was surprised at X-Men First Class. X-Men First Class is 10th. Uh, I thought it made more domestically than it did, but it mm-hmm. actually didn't make as much as Apocalypse, which is... Uh, talk about like the wild, wild west of X-Men movies. Man, X-Men Apocalypse, it's not good, but goddamn, yeah. it's entertaining. It's so entertaining. Because yeah. it's just so like... It's so batshit insane. Like, it, mm-hmm. like, like, oh my God, what a weird movie. Anyways, we'll get back to this. Uh, just a little more trivia. Gavin Hood ended up being the director. Uh, there were quite a few directors that were considered, uh, including Brian Singer and Brett Ratner, who both were kind of interested in returning but didn't. Uh, Alexandra Aja, uh, who most people know from like maybe Piranha 3D, uh, uh, Hot Tension was another, you know, and Mirrors, and so he's a horror director mostly. He was considered, and Lynn Wiseman, who uh, did like the Underworld movies or did a couple of them, I think, in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, they were both also considered. Uh, this was also supposed to be the first Origins movie. There were supposed to be more, and they had already started working on a Magneto movie. Uh, but when this, I guess, didn't make as much money as they thought it would, they decided to reboot everything, and that's how First Class happened, which is probably better. Uh, a rough print of the film was leaked online a month before the release, which I kind of forgot about this. That That started, like, I think I remember hearing about that. Uh, Fox estimates 15 million people downloaded it. So that probably factored into the box office as well. And uh, yeah, fuck you for pirating a movie like that. Um, whoever did that. Uh, every last one of film, you. <laughs> yes, every last one of you. Reviews for the film weren't great, but weren't as bad as I remembered. Uh, it's got a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. Average is 5.1 out of 10. That seems fair. Cinema score is a B plus. And then uh, as far as like the casting... There were a few. Uh, did you guys remember Will I Am was in this movie? <laughs> no, I didn't either. Uh, and he wasn't the first person. Quentin Jackson from the A Team movie was the first person that got offered the role. He turned it down. Uh, Liev Schreiber replaced Tyler Maine as Sabretooth, although Tyler Maine wanted to do it. I don't know why they went with Liev, other than Hugh Jackman just said he wanted to work with him. Uh, David Harbour was turned down for the role of Fred Dukes, which is the role that Kevin Durant ended up playing. But the reason David Harbour was turned down was because he was too fat at the time, 
which is interesting because that that character becomes the blob. Mm-hmm. But I guess mm-hmm. when he wasn't in the blob prosthetics, they said he was too fat, which that's unbelievably shitty. Like they couldn't get him in shape. I, I don't know. Right. Maybe it was different back then. Scott Atkins did a lot of the stunt work for Ryan Reynolds. Uh, once he became uh, Weapon XI, I did not know that. Weapon 12, whatever. Weapon 11, I guess. Uh, and then I also forgot, I didn't realize Daniel Negreanu had a cameo in this movie. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. And Phil Hellmuth was supposed to be in that scene as well, but he uh, had already committed to a Toronto, I assume it was a poker event in Toronto. Yeah. The The CinemaSense video was released on May 14th, 2014. It was about a week before Days of Future Past came out, so I'm assuming that's why it was mm-hmm. it was done. Um, videos were still kind of on the shorter end at that point. There was a four, It was a 14 or minute, 14 minute or less, which we occasionally have those, but it's a lot more rare uh, these days. And this was the 106th CinemaSins video release from what I could tell. And it currently has around 9.5 million uh, views. Ooh, about and, to hit that 10 million mark. Yeah, it's getting After there. this episode goes live, it's just going to rocket yeah, right up to is, that 10 million yeah, mark. All the the 500,000 people that listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> We just need each one of you to watch the video. That's all just we once. need. Just go watch it once. And, and, while, and while you're out there, go ahead and subscribe to TV Sins. <laughs> I did I did not re I thought about rewatching this, but I just didn't have time. And this is just not a movie. Like it's just it's so just uh it's just kind of blah. So I just I, I couldn't agree. get any interest up for watching it. I agree. I uh <laughs> I do remember when this movie came out that I thought it was entertaining enough, but it was just like I don't know, it seemed it seemed strange to me. I love the Negranu, yeah. uh, you know, um cameo just because i'm a, a big poker nerd mm-hmm. um watching this video was interesting there were a couple things uh that i noticed um one i just i the, the sin about like feeling bad for ryan reynolds because he's <laughs> cast as van wilder in every movie uh has aged so well because it's so true it continues to be true and at the same time i'm glad that's what makes ryan reynolds so amazing and so fun is because he's van wilder i guess so you're just like if van wilder became an fbi agent or van wilder became a superhero yeah yes yes exactly uh so that one's aged really well uh one that i didn't think is aged all that well is the lap dance sin which was interesting like it was it was interesting because um you know it was about wolverine you know coming out of Mm -hmm. the the pool or whatever and then it's tagged with, you know, for the ladies or whatever. <laughs> and it's it's funny enough, but there's part of me is like, I don't think we'd say that now. Like, I don't think we'd take like that angle on it because now the narrators are um, much more bisexual, like much more pansexual. Like they're attracted to both the men and the women. And like, it's it's kind of. It's interesting. Just, In some ways, I would say the narrators are thirstier. But yeah. Like, but yeah. we still wouldn't probably do. Yeah, but you're right. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the, uh, the Deadpool stuff was interesting because, you know, the video talks about, um, you know, the Deadpool fans not liking this version of Deadpool, not knowing at this point that we're going to get an actual Deadpool version of Deadpool, um, was interesting. And then I just loved the phrase Funhouse face Patrick Stewart, like for like that old style de-aging where it looks so bad. Um, all that was really interesting to me. Daniel, what were some of your thoughts? It was interesting to see to like uh, just because I haven't really had a chance to like watch a whole lot of the videos from mm-hmm. like, before I started because mm-hmm. it just like in the writing process all the time and like reviewing the the newer newer ones. So it was it, going back in time a bit. What like it was interesting and kind of wondering, kind of wondering whose mind that came out of. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like once you see like the uh, how the sausage is made, it, it 
changes their perspective a little bit on the videos. It is interesting to me while watching this, how much it really feels like a 2022 video. Like we could release this video right now and it would feel really similar. Like I was thinking, because that's only two years after the channel started, right? 2014. Mm -hmm. So the channel found its groove really fast in what it was going to be. Um, So... Uh, I found I found that interesting. I was watching it, going, "This is 2014. This it really feels like you know one of our normal modern yeah, videos." Just, it was just a, like I said, 106 from what I yeah. could tell, and I mean, there's yeah. what a th- over a thousand now, right? Of just cinema yeah. sins. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. There was another sin that that like was playing off like just like the really bad CGI, uh, and just like I can't quite put my finger on what's wrong with the scene of the mutants running towards Xavier, Xavier and his helicopter, but it might be that. Everything looks fake as shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I like that one a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fun stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, it is interesting going back and watching these and just kind of getting a feel for, uh, you know, what CinemaSins, how it's been through. You know, we're celebrating our, our 10th anniversary this year. Uh, in December will be our, our 10th anniversary as a wow. YouTube channel. And uh, we'll probably talk more about that here on the show in, in some different ways. But it's just like to think of, where YouTube was in 2012 and how yeah. many of, you know, how many YouTube channels that were popular in 2012 have stayed popular for 10 years. And guys, I think that list is pretty short and I'm pretty proud to be uh, a part of a yeah. channel that's figured out how to make it work over the last decade um, and just stuck with it and just been consistent and pumping out content. So, um, so yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot of fun to kind of go back and look at these things. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for Behind the Sins this week. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. If you've got anything you want to send us, you can mail it to P.O. Box 881, Republic, Missouri 65738. You can hang out with us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Aaron Dicer. He is at Sam Loomis 13 and Daniel is way too smart to be on Twitter. Uh, So for uh, Daniel Cardoso, Jonathan Watkins, uh, a box of pet milk, and myself, we will see you next week. Happy Aaron, Ian, and my birthday. Happy birthday to us! Yay! Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to bts at cinemasins.com and be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash BTS. Daniel and Jonathan hanging out. How are you guys? Good. Yeah. yeah well, I could complain. Yeah, go for it. Complain a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. I find Ronnie Yu's American films interesting because I don't think he has any clue like what America is. So I, I love his perspective because like Freddy versus Jason and he did Bride of Chucky. And Formula 51, which is also called like the United States of something. I can't remember. Or the 51st state or something like that. Really? I think that was like one of the titles for it. Wow. Okay. I don't know anything that you guys are talking about. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure like, Samuel Jackson wears a kilt in that movie. Yeah, I remember I'm that I'm pretty sure that he sure. just chose to do that. Like, I don't think that anyone on the production team like made that choice. I think it might have just been him. But I, I, I mean... <laughs> I probably shouldn't be quoted on that. I probably should research it, but that's the story that I vaguely remember from like years ago. This would have been 2001, Mm. so you might not have been watching everything yet. Who's this person? Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, the director is Ronnie Yu. (laughs) I have heard of Sam Jackson. It's a movie called Formula 51 with Samuel L. Jackson and the full Monty guy, whatever his name is. Uh, Robert Carlyle? Robert Carlyle. Hmm. It's an action comedy? 
right? It also has uh, Emily Mortimer. Is it an action? Yeah. Is it a comedy or is it a, like a thriller? I consider it a comedy. Yeah, I would um, think it would have to with those hmm. two in it. I Although Carlos played some, I mean, he played a pretty interesting villain in that the Bond movie he was in. Oh yeah, it was that? It was like tomorrow never. World dies. is not enough. Yeah, he has like a scar and he's bald because he's a Bond villain. Not maybe he's not bald, but he does have a scar, and I think his eyes messed up. Yes, he doesn't like feel any pain or something like that. That's it. That's it. Yes, he doesn't. Mm. I'd much rather be talking about the new Downton Abbey movie personally, but you know. who knows why we like what we like but uh downton abbey a new era is basically my avengers endgame uh if i ever watched that show i'm sure i would love it i was just thinking like they're they're panning they they do this thing at both the beginning and the end of this movie where they have events where like all these characters you know from the tv show you know are together and there's like at this point like 40 characters to keep up with and i'm just like this is a pretty interesting juggling act they're doing making a movie with this many characters trying to keep their you know plot points and interesting things relevant and keep the soap opera aspect kind of going and it's wild yeah that's exciting so anyways formula 51 no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) it's also one of those things my wife and i love together so you know it's it's fun we watch a lot of true crime together that's kind of (laughs) hey honey want to watch some murders well, it's it's really she got me into it. Like I I I did not watch true crime for the longest time because I just it freaks me out too much. I mean, mm-hmm. like which is weird, I know, but like horror movies are fake, so like that's a no, totally. Jen, yeah. Jen is the same way. We watched CSI together for a while, and then it, at yeah. some point she was just like, "This is changing the way I view the world." Like this is <laughs> like I will be on the treadmill going like I'm gonna get kidnapped. I'm going to you know get killed. Like it's it's just oh, it's, you. Sh- you should have a daughter, <laughs> and then and then right, and then go watch like twenty episodes of Criminal Minds and realize like ninety nine percent of that is kidnapping uh, women. Uh, yeah, I feel like guys, I feel like dads get ridiculed for this. Like we never understood something until we had a daughter, and that's not true. We did, but we also, but we never had that connection to a individual. People need to stop getting it. People need to get yeah. stop getting annoyed when people have revelations. This is what I've I know. decided. Like. If somebody has a revelation because they suddenly have someone in their life that it makes sense to them or like we tend to do this thing where we're like, yeah, but you should have known that ahead of time. You should have known that before. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe true. But like, let's let people learn, let people grow, let people figure out, oh, when I have a kid, it now is something more intense for me. That's okay. Like that's that makes sense. Yeah, there's that great Ryan Reynolds. There's this and maybe it's not even you're having a revelation, but it's just you have. A relationship in your life you didn't have before right. so it means something different ryan reynolds was on like letterman or something and it was right after they had their first child and he was talking about how up until they had that kid how much he loved his wife and he would have you seen this and he's no. like i love blake and you know i would do anything for her. i would give my life for her. he's like but once i saw that baby's eyes open i knew i would put blake in front of us as a shield <laughs> <laughs> I think what I think the reason people uh, kind of push against it is like that that means, you know, that when you, you're not complete until you have a kid, like you don't have a complete understanding of emotions in the universe. And I don't think that's what people are saying. I think there's just different experiences create different emotions you because know? you wouldn't know any different. Like if right. you never have a kid, you don't even know what that is. So it doesn't matter. Like, that's right. what I think. So, no, I definitely would never say that. But yeah, you, said you don't know what a kid is. 
I just see Jonathan in the delivery room. Oh, that's what a baby is. <laughs> I've been thing, trying though, to figure this out for so long. Was I asked the nurses if I could touch her and they were like, yeah, it's your kid. I was like, <laughs> but I didn't know if they had to like do something like, you know, bathe. Or, I had no uh-huh. idea. Like, right. you know, it wasn't yeah. like I'm not an idiot, but it was just funny. Because that I just still I will never forget that because she was just looked at me like I was an idiot. She's like, yeah, it's your child. Yeah, do yeah, whatever you want. Ahead. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. <laughs> There's this comedian Johnny Jonagan, I think that's his name, and uh, he has a, a great joke. It's about kids. It's not about his kid, but he was just talking about his like sister mm-hmm. had like a baby, and like they were the first thing they were like is like, and you can babysit. And he his joke is just like. What about you having a kid makes me qualified to watch more. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, I didn't think I was going to be like tackled if I like went for her, but uh, I was still just like, I didn't want to like, I didn't want to like give her a disease or something. But then again, like I wouldn't be in that room if they were concerned about that. So, cause it's not like, I don't even think I was wearing, I don't think they put, I don't think I had to wear a mask. I just had the hat, like the, the shower cap thing and, uh, Oh, interesting. And I didn't even have to wear any of that stuff. That's interesting. I think I had, maybe I didn't have the shower cap thing. I did have like a, I had a gown on or whatever. They put something over me. They get, they, they brought something out to me to put on. It was just like one of those hospital gowns. Or maybe whatever, that was but. just because they, they looked at you and they were like, oh, that guy needs a gown. That guy, we, <laughs> we don't want that guy's clothes near that baby. <laughs> uh, JCD says, uh, I'm calling it now that Daniel wrote on Wild Wild West because there's one sin that required me to Google something. <laughs> that seems to be his M.O., Nice. Very nice. Yep. Now you know what it's like to review a Daniel script. Yeah. You are not as smart as Daniel. (laughs) Okay. So I have had like the craziest computer week and I had one machine go down and then the machine I replaced, the machine that went down, like down, down, like wouldn't even turn on. The machine I replaced uh, that with had like booting issues because of some sort of security patch. So I had to like call my computer guy and get it all figured out. And now my internet every once in a while is just like dropping for five seconds, which I don't understand. Uh, So if I go away for five seconds, just know I will probably uh, be back uh, in about five seconds. All right. But so if we count to five and you're not back, do we, if we count to (laughs) five and you're not back, do we call the authorities? Yes. Yes. Please call someone. Uh, I've probably been eaten by a dog. um, I would guess. Do we have a first officer? Uh, like who would be? Uh, <laughs> I'll let that be you, Daniel. <laughs> uh, I was hoping it would be you. I wanted to be more of like a science officer. I don't know. I, yeah, we don't really have. I mean, I guess if anybody, it's probably Ian because he's like the other host occasionally, mm-hmm. but he's not here. So we'll probably just like chat it up a little bit and, you know, we'll see what happens. Yep. I was uh, like those see. episodes where, uh, who's it like, like Data is in like command of the Enterprise randomly? This is we're going. Oh, yes. Star Trek again. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) That's all right. I I know Star Trek. I'm on the Star Trek podcast right now. So like, you know, I. I, Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't upset me and Daniel at all. Your actual fans. (laughs) Although, to be fair, the point of that podcast, right, is Ian is the expert. And then and then everybody else is a newbie. Right. Correct. But uh, but I, I have heard I have heard rumblings that other other things might I think happen. So. I think yes. so. I think everybody will be on Captain's Pod. It's it's crazy how many like huge Star Trek fans we have on the staff. Like all all eight of us. <laughs> Ian has uh, messed with my uh, text intro after I gave mm-hmm. him access uh, to the uh, account. So he has welcome to behind the bins uh, that he has changed it to. 
He said he was going to do something. I thought he was joking. So uh, he was not joking. I didn't hear him say <laughs> that too, because um, he had such trouble. Like with one of the intros, I'm like, Ian, you don't have. It's not a teleprompter. Just like say what you want to say to get into the segment. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to Ian. And I guess Aaron and Jonathan too. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 